June is Patron Appreciation Month. This month, I'm giving patrons a complimentary copy of the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. I created this course with my CPA dad, and it currently sells for $199. But patrons get lifetime access in June as my way of saying thank you. You can become a patron of the show at novelmarketing.com patron. I'll have more info at the end. Now, on to the episode. This is Novel Marketing, the show that gives you innovative ideas on how to sell more books with your host, aging, author, and marketing maven, Thomas Umstead Jr., and best-selling, award-winning author and marketing guru, James L. Rubart. Episode 183. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And in this episode, we have a special treat for you. This this is going to be fun. This is a rerun of one of the most influential episodes we have ever recorded and aired, and really influential because of how much it influenced Thomas and I. And there's kind of a fun story that goes along with this episode. We almost got arrested recording it. <laughs> yeah, no joke, actually. So uh, we recorded this in person at a writer's conference, and the writer's conference was happening at a church. And we interviewed Brandilyn, and she left, and Jim and I stuck around to keep working on the podcast and some related activities. And when we got up to leave, we were not only the only two people left in the church, everyone else had closed, but the security alarm had been sent set. And so as we were leaving our small recording room where we were, we walked through uh, basically a pass of motion detectors, I guess, and the entire church basically exploded <laughs> in sirens and like warnings. And we were like, uh oh, we are in so much trouble. And this is a huge church. There's a big church and all the bells are going off. It's like, oh boy. And so we're like, what do we do? And I was like, we run. <laughs> so we grab our stuff and we're running out of the sanctuary and we run out of the foyer and into the parking lot and we jump in Jim's car and we race out of the parking lot before <laughs> the cops get there. Uh, so this was probably the most exciting episode we ever recorded and really key when it comes to branding. So we talk with a branding expert and we talk about taglines. And I think you're going to be surprised with what we talk about. So without any further ado, let's kick it to um, uh, old fashioned versions of ourselves uh, with our interview with Brandilyn Collins. This is the Novel Marketing Podcast. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. And today we have a guest that I'm very excited about. Thomas, you're excited about I this guest I am super too. pumped. This is actually a great friend of mine, Brandilyn Collins. And Brandilyn, if you don't know who she is, she is the award-winning, best-selling author of 28 novels. And the, the problem with having Brandilyn as a guest, frankly, is we could talk about myriad topics almost anything we really could we really could and so we're going to have to have brandley we'd love to have you back at some point but today we would love to talk to you about your branding and how you came up with your tagline we, we just love to hear the story of that sure so thanks for having me my tagline is seatbelt suspense i've had that tagline now for probably since about 2006 perhaps I came up with it when I decided to write suspense full-time instead of writing both suspense and contemporary. And I wanted, marketing is in my background, so I kind of understood that it needed to be alliterative, it needed to be catchy, but how do you put into words what I do as an author? So what I did is I had kept all of the emails that people, all my readers send me. 
And they and I went through them and I started underlining words that came up again and again. And many of them talked about a roller coaster hmm. yeah. and strapping themselves in and edge of their seat. Okay. okay. So because I realized that my tagline isn't just about how I view myself. It's how my readers view me and what they expect from me, right? Which may not be quite how I had views right. myself. And one thing I want to point out here is how different that process was from what most authors go through. So most authors, they go, they sit in on a writer's conference panel, and it's like, before you leave, you all need to have a tagline. <laughs> they haven't written a book. They have no idea what their style is. They have no idea what about their style resonates with readers. And so they come up with some sort of phrase, and it's almost always encouragement in nature and butterflies. And we see a lot of taglines you know, in my business. And the problem with those taglines is that there's no promise. And what I love about seatbelt suspense is that there's a built-in promise to the reader. And I know that that means a lot more than just uh, seatbelt suspense to you. So kind of unpack that for us. What does that promise mean in terms of your brand? Well, again, I went back to what people were saying in their emails, and I realized what they were what they were seeing from what I was writing. It came into four different points. And these are the four points that have become the brand promise that goes with seatbelt suspense. And those brand promises are fast-paced, character-driven suspense with myriad twists and an interwoven thread of faith. All four of those points readers spoke to in my in, you know, that they see in my writing. So my I saw that, but the point is how do you get that all together in a catchy phrase and I just messed with it and messed with it till I came up with seatbelt suspense that basically says the basis of that which is fast-paced we're gonna go for a ride yeah you know I I don't want to belabor the point but I want to go back to how you came up with this in other words you didn't say this is what I want to be so I'm gonna say I'm this actually the readers branded you you didn't brand yourself the readers branded me, and also, obviously, this means you don't do this right away before you're right. published. You need a number of books, you know, that you've written to establish what kind of writing you do. And see, here's the thing. When you come up with a brand, it is a promise. Mm -hmm. right. So here's my problem. Literally, from now on, I've written myself into this brand. I have told my readers, and they expect from me, fast-paced stories. I may have a lot of what-ifs that come into my brain, but unless they four of my points of my brand promise, yeah. particularly that first one, fast-paced, yeah. it may be a great suspenseful story, but it would have to un unload sort of easily. That's not seatbelt suspense. That's not what I write, and it's not what my readers expect. Do you ever get in, Do you ever get in? You know, three quarters of the way through a book, or even finish your first draft and go, "Oh man, they might not need the seatbelt for this one," and have to go back and revise or not not do that so much because if if I felt that way I wouldn't write the book in the first place okay. I have written some books that were even more character driven than my other books all my books even though they're suspense which you think of suspense as being plot driven I still think characters need to drive the right. book certain of my books like gone to ground is are very character driven and I've thought will my readers like this it's not as scary but it's still as tense. It still fits my brand. And so, actually, readers loved that book because they so got into the characters, and characters make the book. That's great. There's this Einstein quote that I find myself quoting a lot, and that Einstein really valued the simplicity on the far side of complexity. 
So to get to that simple statement, you had to go through dozens or maybe hundreds of emails and parse through and figure out what do these have in common. Yes. Probably none of them use the word seatbelt or maybe only a handful. And a lot of them were using other phrases that were similar. And so you had to kind of keep working and keep working it. And the easy approach is to go for that simple on this side of complexity. It's like, I'm just going to grab some words that sound good and I'll just throw it together and it'll work. And so um, what I really, what my question for you though is, what would you say to that beginning author? They're working on their first book and everyone's telling them they need a tagline. Do you, do you say they should just kind of wait until they're ready or pick a kind of training wheels tagline? In the famous words of Nancy Reagan, just say no. <laughs> You're not ready. <clears throat> they are not ready. Yeah. They don't know who they're going to to be as an author and what you know this is marketing you don't want to start this and then have to unravel it take it apart if this is truly your brand and this seatbelt suspense is not only my brand i trademarked it i paid right, lawyers right. to trademark the and, thing and not just a little bit of money and that. this time it, it's just got re-trademarked you know after five years you right. have to re-up right. on it because you know goodness knows we have to keep paying the government <laughs> and the lawyers so um but that becomes your brand and it goes on your website and it goes on Facebook and Twitter and whatever else. You know, it was on the back of my books and my bios. I don't want to unravel that. It's who I am. And even now that I've started writing contemporaries again, still, it, my brand is almost working even better for me now because if I'm not writing contemporaries, I, I'm saying to my readers, this is a contemporary. Then I say, hey, my next seatbelt suspense is coming up. They know what to expect from that. So you do writing that's outside of seatbelt suspense. I've just started. I've gone back to writing contemporaries. I started writing in both genres, and I'd really like to continue now, that I, and that's what I'm doing. I love that approach because what a lot of authors do when they're wanting to pivot to a new uh, genre is they pick a new name, and they kind of start over from scratch, and they have this pen name for this other genre, and it's like they're a brand-new author, and they give up all of their brand equity, whereas with this different tagline, you're able to keep your Brandilyn Collins name but yet have a different tagline. It's kind of like it's still a Toyota, but this is a Toyota truck. It's different than that Toyota Camry you're used to driving. Yes, I wanted to build on my brand and my name, and a lot of my readers, my suspense readers, will go over to the contemporaries with them. I mean, readers read different things, too. And besides, frankly, the thought of setting up a second website, a second Facebook, and dealing with the whole second persona... Oh, man, I cannot imagine it. Just clone yourself. You know, then there'd be two of you to to fulfill those It's enough to do one. So, So Brand, oh, go ahead. ahead. Well, the beginning author, maybe their first book has just come out or they're they're not even published yet. And they're trying to do a tagline. We talked about that. But what about the author that has three or four books out, but they don't have a branding and marketing background? And I've seen this happen time and time again where they come up with this tagline. And they've had five books out, but it's a horrible tagline. What do you say to those people? Yeah, get help when you need help. Yeah. If you're not a marketing person, I had marketing in my background. So I I knew how to write back cover copy and marketing and all that stuff. I knew how if you've got two seconds, you've got to grab someone's attention, right? And some of these taglines are so long, they take longer than two seconds to read. So get help when you need it. Go to someone who's done marketing. Yeah, it is so worth it to do that. And, and it, this sounds self-serving since I'm a branding guy and Thomas is a branding guy and we do this for authors. It's But don't even go to us, but go to somebody that knows what they're doing. It It is going to be worth it because, as Brandilyn said, this tagline could be lasting for 20 years. 
Mm-hmm. And you don't need a tagline to be a successful author. No. You know, people have been writing books for 2,000 years, and they've been coming up with taglines for maybe two decades. Right. You know? So right. in many ways, it's, it's almost a fad. And, yes. And it worked really well for the first few folks to do it. So you were kind of early to the tagline train, and you're on the front, you know, train. So now everyone who talks about taglines quotes you, and they're talking about seatbelt suspense. You need a good one. And so it, it worked for you, but it may not work for everyone, and that's okay because good there point. are a lot of successful marketing tools and a lot of successful ways to brand yourself like scott sigler is an author that i look up to in many ways i'm not a big fan of his writing but i'm a huge fan of his marketing and he's got the he his branding is a lot in his imagery he does this really dark horror and if you look at a picture of him you can tell he writes horror you know mm. one of the pictures is him holding these giant scissors with this like white lab coat and it's like this guy does medical horror i can tell <laughs> from the photo and he doesn't need i don't know what his tagline is maybe he has one but you know, people are often ask me, I need a tagline, I need a tagline. And I go, name someone other than Brandon Lee Collins that's your favorite author and you remember their tagline. And almost never can they name a single tagline for a single Basically, author. I don't think you need one today. In fact, a lot of authors, I hear a lot of authors talking about, you know, how silly it is to have a tagline these days. And I've always jumped into the conversations and gone, gone you know, actually, I agree with that. I don't think you need one. Your, your, your brand becomes your name right. and readers know who you are through your name. Right. However... I came up with this tagline, and it has worked for me, and I've trademarked it. I'm not doing away with it. It's right. working. Yeah. So, But that doesn't mean everybody needs one. I think the simplest answer is just just say no. Keep saying no. <laughs> yeah. In, in some ways, it's a little bit like a superstition. You know, this worked for someone else, and so surely it'll work for me, and then everyone is doing it. And what is so important is to measure and experiment. So some, just because some guru, just because the great James L. Rubart tells you you need to do something, or Thomas or Brandilyn, someone says you got to do something, that doesn't mean that it'll work for you. And so the key is to measure and experiment. And, so, and one of my crusades in this kind of industry is to bring science back to creative writing. You know, do it for science. So think about it. Think like a scientist. Scientists are very skeptical. You know, you tell a scientist something and they're not going to believe you. And they're like, well, let me test that. And they'll do their own test. And then they'll know after they conduct the test whether they like the idea or not. And that is so helpful, not just for marketing, but I'd say also for craft. I think there's some superstition sometimes on the craft side, too. It's like, why do we do it? Well, because we've always done it. It's like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good idea. All right. Anything else on taglines? Uh, I'm sticking with mine. <laughs> Don't make one for yourself. Just be you. There you How's go. that? I like it. But like if it. you have a perfect tagline. That's if right. You, if, if you have a perfect one. Then feel free to use it. So we're not saying only Brandon Lincoln have taglines. No, but. it's not that. It's just that 99% of them are bad. Yeah. So it's worse to have a bad one than just not have one. Yeah, that's exactly or, you know, right. you can always get one tomorrow, right? So wait. Wait right. until you really have the right one. Very good. And the only other thing, Brandilyn, Brandilyn is is at a really fascinating point in her career because Brandilyn has been with traditional authors for years and years and years and years, and now she is stepping into the indie world. And so at some point, we would love to have you back and talk to you about that. She's going rogue. I shall come wear my rogue indie hat. So hopefully that was helpful to you. That was fun to listen to again after all these years. I think that was 2014 that we recorded that, Thomas, wasn't it? Back that far? Back in the olden days. Yeah, that. I, yeah, I think that was the first year of our podcasting. So that was five years ago, uh, something like that. Um, wow. 
What a blast from the past. Yeah. So thank you to Brandilyn, um, again for, for doing that with us a long time ago. We should have her on again sometime, Thomas. We should do that. We should. We really should instead of bringing in, uh, the, uh, version from the past. Uh, you have been listening to James L. Rubart, old school and Thomas Umstadt Jr. and Brandilyn Collins. All from, from the, the past, past from 2014 <laughs> on the novel marketing podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, June is Patron Appreciation Month. If you become a patron this month or if you're already a patron, you get lifetime access to the tax and business guide for authors. But patrons get way more than just access to that course. Here's a breakdown of the patron rewards. There's three different reward levels at different pledge prices. At $4 a month, you get access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors, like I said, but you also get a bonus episode every month, the ability to ask live questions in the monthly Q&A episode, and over $800 worth of discounts on other author media courses and free book vault setup. At the $10 a month level, you get everything I just talked about in the $4 level, plus access to the podcast host directory. This is a directory of the email addresses and contact information for over 100,000 podcast hosts that may be interested in having you on as a guest to talk about your book. And you also get access to AI Thomas. This is a GPT-4 chatbot that I've been working on for the last several months, and it answers questions based on over 500 episodes of the Novel Marketing Podcast and the Christian Publishing Show. But here's the best part. It cites its sources, so you can click to read the blog post that inspired the answer. So even if you don't like AI, you can think of it as a super-powered search engine to help you find the Novel Marketing episode that specifically answers the question that you have. And then at the $25 a month level, you get everything I've already talked about, plus your book featured from time to time on the podcast. If you want my help in your publishing journey, become a patron today, and you can become a patron at novelmarketing.com slash patron. That's novelmarketing.com slash patron.